we're starting a new series and it's called Soundtrack to Summer and now I'm one of these people that kind of cross the generations. So depending on what chart you look at, some people will throw me in the Gen X bag and some people like to throw me in the Gen Y bag. Personally, I think I connect with the Gen Xs because apparently Gen Ys grew up with technology and that was not me. I actually learnt to type on a typewriter. What? I know, I did grow up in Queensland, so maybe we were a little bit behind the times. But I learnt on a typewriter, and I remember when computers came in, and at school, at high school, we'd have the computer room, and you would go, and there'd be about 15 computers in the computer room, and you'd learn how to navigate this new thing. And I remember when we got our first computer at home, and I don't think I actually started typing assignments until, like, year 11 or 12, so I am definitely not a Gen Yer. I think I'm a Gen Xer. And so I've got a treat for you today because I looked through my garage and I found what we used to put soundtracks on. This is my playlist. And I really wish you could see this up close because not only is this any playlist, but this is my husband's claim to fame. I didn't know this when we were dating, but apparently he was a famous singer. He actually has a tape. And if you could actually zoom in on this, it would be amazing because he is here in all his glory in a bright green vest. He was in an a cappella group called Soul Fusion. So let's just pretend for a moment that um, I didn't think this was absolutely hilarious and this was actually my favourite band. I'm going to give you an education today, Gen Yers, Millennials and anyone who comes after. I don't even know what you're called now. I'm going to give you an education in how we would make a playlist you would take your favourite band and favourite bands because you'd have your whole bunch of tapes and then you would take another one and this is the blank, blank tape and you would get the double cassette player. I don't have one anymore. You would get Pastor Keith. You can listen to this. Pastor Keith can listen to Soul Fusion. That's going to make his day. Anyway, you would get the double cassette player. You put one in one side. You put your blank tape in the other. Press play on the other one record the song press stop now you have to find your next song there's not a button that you can press that goes to the next song or if it's five songs so you have to fast forward and you have to guess I think it's here stop play not not far enough fast forward stop play went too far rewind you know you get the drift you get that you record your next song you take the tape out put the next one in needless to say when you made your mixtape this one, you wrote lovingly all the songs on the front. If this was actually mine, it would have had pretty pictures. And this mixtape was gold because it took you a long time to make it. And so this is my childhood making mixtapes until the amazing invention of the CD player. I grew up in that one too and not only a CD player, but I remember working hard all summer holidays at Toys R Us. That was my Christmas job to earn enough money to buy the five shuffle, no, Pastor Jez, the five shuffle CD player. Because this one did a playlist for you. You would put five CDs in and hit shuffle. And it would play a song from one CD and then and get to the next one and it'd play a song. And if you didn't like the song, you hit the forward, the skip button. And it would skip it for you. And like after the world of mixtapes, this was amazing. So this is the soundtrack, the playlist world that I grew up in. Um, 
I remember car trips and my brother being super annoying because we didn't have iPods. You couldn't listen to your own music. So our rule in our family was one side of the tape each. And my brother would annoyingly pick Vanilla Ice. Now, I, if you don't know who Vanilla Ice is, YouTube it. I actually think, oh, Jez, we don't want you to do it. I actually think that Vanilla Ice only had one famous song. But I had to listen. If you could be here, you can hear Pastor Nate and Pastor Jez doing their rendition. It's not that good. But possibly it is better than Vanilla Ice. But I had to listen to 45 minutes of this guy. But it's okay because my sister and I would get him back because we would both pick Amy Grant. And that was 90 minutes of Amy Grant. She was like my idol growing up. I loved her. But anyway, some music is powerful, not Vanilla Ice, but some music is powerful because music just has this way of getting to our soul, right? It has this way of either in the lyrics or the melody, it speaks to a part of us and sometimes it can just pull us out of where we are. And if you'd seen my Instagram, you see that Simon and I like to do crazy things with our kids because we like a challenge and we just drag them along for the ride. So it had been raining, we're like, we're going for a bike ride. And not just any bike ride, we're going to make you ride 27 kilometres, which we did in the rain. Anyway, we're coming back down the Fernley and Esther is done. So I'm at the back with Esther and she's just complaining and whinging. I don't want to do this. I can't make it. And I've tried all the parenting tricks, you know, the, you can do it. You don't want Joshy to beat you, do you? Come on, let's get to Joshy. You want an ice cream at the end? We'll get ice cream at the end. And it's just not working because she's done. Anyway, I know that Esther loves to sing. So I said to her, I said, Esther, let's sing while we're riding. This will be really fun. And a little smile on her face, like, what are we going to sing, Mum? I'm like, I don't know. But anyway, we sung all the stupid songs that we could think of because I'm not great at remembering words to songs. But we did click in on singing in the rain because that seemed appropriate because we were riding in the rain. But the funny thing was we're only singing for a couple of minutes. But I watched her change. And she went from being done and downcast and I can't do this to with a smile on her face. She sped up and I didn't have to talk to her again. Like I didn't have to encourage her again. Music just pulled her out of where she was and put her on a path where she knew she could do it. And that's what music can do for us. And so I love that we're focusing on this soundtrack of summer, this series, and we're going to start the year with this. And I thought it was quite funny, but maybe not coincidental, that just before Christmas I get this email from Spotify and it was the heading that grabbed me because I knew that this series was coming. And the heading was, who soundtracked your 2020? It made me stop and it made me ask the question, what was the sound of my life last year? Have you thought about that? Like we do a lot of reflecting on our years and we think about the things that happened and didn't happen. But what was the sound of your life to those around you last year? Because if I learned anything last year, I learned that 2020 had a dominant sound. And I saw how that dominant sound invaded people's worlds. I think 2020 had a dominant sound of fear and uncertainty and anxiety. 
And I watched how it invaded into normal, lovely people and made them do ridiculous things like hoard toilet paper. And hoarding toilet paper means that you are taking more than you need knowing that somebody else is not going to get some. We don't do things like that, but we did. And I saw, you know, Simon's parents were always coming to visit us in the middle of the year. But when the whole, they're from Victoria. And when the whole border may be closing, they made sure that they snuck through before the border closed. They felt horrible to be here. They felt like they were hiding while they were here. They didn't want to drive their car outside of our driveway because it had Victorian number plates on it. They actually spoke to another couple who were refused petrol. The service station refused to sell them petrol because they were from Victoria. I saw normal people vilifying people just because of the places that they lived. And it really made me realise that if we do not deliberately soundtrack our life and if we do not fill it with the music and the lyrics that speak the truth of God and his kingdom, then the dominant soundtrack of the circumstances around us absolutely will. Absolutely will. So I ask you again, what was the sound of your 2020 and who is actually going to soundtrack your 2021? I'm really glad you asked me that question. (laughs) How do we actually do this? It's all very well to go, oh, yeah, you know, that was a pretty rotten sound last year. I want something different this year, but how do we actually do this? Because we all know New Year's resolutions. We all know that at the beginning of the year, we can have the best intentions, but we also all know that things can often very easily throw us off course. So how do we actually do this? There's an answer. And funnily enough, it's in here. It's in the Bible. And we are going to start 2021 in the Psalms because it is the greatest playlist that was ever written. And I kind of think if it took me this long to make a mixtape, imagine putting this playlist together in the Bible. Imagine how long it took this, but what an incredible resource we have at our fingertips that we can use. You know, I was reading from Spurgeon the other day. He said, if you think you've been low in life... David's been lower. And if you think you are high in life, David's been higher. And the point of it is that the Psalms express the entire breadth of every human experience that you will ever have. And they also express the entire breadth of experience we will have as the people of God and who God is in all of his greatness and all of his might and all of his power. I don't know if you knew, but the Psalms, what we actually have today, is this incredible compilation of 150 songs and their poems and their prayers. And they're not just randomly chucked into our Bible, but they were actually all taken and they were expertly crafted together to actually tell a story. And sometimes I think we miss this in Psalms because, I don't know, if you've ever done a chronological reading plan, often what they'll do is they'll split the Psalms up and you'll find them in Genesis and you'll find them kind of in King David's story. Um, You'll find them in the Israelites in exile. They get all split up. But there's an incredible value in actually reading them from front to back. 
in actually capturing the story that's being told. It's the story of Israel's king. It's David. It's the story of triumphs and, and mistakes, a whole lot of mistakes. It's the story of exile. It's the story of what they did in exile. And then it's the story of restoration. But all through it, from beginning to end, what is weaved is this hope in a future Messiah and a future kingdom that has no end. That is the purpose of Psalms. And so my question today is how do we actually sink to it? We're in a world of playlists. You know, we want to feel something. We sink in to the playlist that we want. So my question is how do we sink to this ancient playlist? How do songs of temples and Torah and shields and foe, like how do they actually relate right in to us now in our fast paced, our COVID uncertain, you know, we're media saturated. How does it relate into my family life, my work life, the mistakes that I've made, the triumphs, the challenges? How do we actually sink into this playlist? Because I kind of think if we don't, it just becomes an ancient book. Just becomes like a history book, right? And we kind of go, oh, yeah, David was hoping to be king. He prayed all those psalms while Saul was pursuing him. But yay, he became king. Story done. Oh, the Israelites were in exile. They prayed to God to deliver them. Oh, he delivered them. Great. Story done. I don't need to read it anymore. I can celebrate what God has done, but it doesn't have any reality for me. I want to tell you that's not the case. And I'm excited that this series, we're going to dig in here and you're going to hear incredible revelations from Pastor Keith and Pastor Darren and Pastor Nate over the next few weeks. But can I tell you from the outset that the heart of this series is not that you would just rest on their revelations alone. The heart of this series is that you would be inspired and you would learn how you make these songs your own. How you dig into this, how this is not just something we do for three weeks, but how you can use the songs of the Psalms to actually soundtrack your entire 2021 and beyond. Amen. Hey, so I have an interesting story with the Psalms. Last year, Gracie and I, we'd been reading through the Bible together and we just finished the Gospel of John. And I'm like, oh, I want to do something different. Hey, let's do the Psalms. That'll be awesome. I'm thinking in my head. We're going to talk about the greatness of God. She's going to hear about all these like things that he's done and how amazing he is. And so we start reading the Psalms. You know, Psalms 1 and 2 is pretty good because it's just the introduction to the book. And then I feel like we hit Psalms 3 and suddenly we are thrust into David's world. I just want to read you a few of the first verses from the first few Psalms. Psalm 3, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Psalm 4, answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Psalm 5, listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. Hear my cry for help. My King and my God, for to you I pray. And I'm like reading these to my 10-year-old. And let me tell you, when you read the Bible to your 10-year-old, you read it through completely different eyes. But I am looking for mountaintops, right? And I'm suddenly finding that we are plunged into this reality of a completely messy world. And from then on out, I feel like we're doing this. We're up and we're down and we're up and we're down. And God is great. And God, where are you? And God, you're awesome. And God, why have you abandoned me? And I'm trying to make sense of this to my 10-year-old daughter. 
I'm trying to show her that God is good and God is in control. And I'm trying to explain these verses that talk about God. Why have you abandoned me? And I just felt like God spoke to me as I was bringing this series to you today. What if, what if it's actually the very ups and downs that we find in the Psalms that speaks to us about how to live in the soundtrack of God? Okay, so what if we actually acknowledge that the sound that everybody hears out there about our lives actually happens dependent on what happens in here? So it's actually created depending on what's happening in my quiet place with God in prayer. What if the Psalms is actually deliberately showing us vulnerability? It's deliberately showing us of what is happening in the quiet places of these amazing men, these amazing writers in the Psalms so that we can actually follow their example. I've got three, just three really simple points today. But I believe that they're keys from the Psalms that shape our lives. And you know, the first one is probably going to make us squirm a little bit. You can credit Pastor Keith on this one because we had a conversation yesterday. And he said this phrase and I'm like, yep, that's it. But the reason is because often it feels really good to do the opposite. And we do it pretty easy. But the first point, if you, I want you to grab our journal. Okay, you've got to write these down. The first point is complain up. Complain up. Why do we have this urge to want to share all our complaints with one another? I remember a situation, I don't know, it was last year, probably the year before actually, that happened. It was totally unfair in our world. And what I probably remember more now is the frustration I had with my husband, who was obviously more holy than me. Because I just wanted to call it out. I wanted to tell people it was injustice. It was unfair. We're doing the right thing and it's not fair. And he would always just say to me, Mel, we just take it to God and he will look after us. He would say that again and again and again and again. He is a good man. But my point, you know... There's this urge in us to be validated when we're wronged. There's this urge in us to seek pity. We want people to agree with us. We want people to, you know, go, oh, poor you. That is not fair. You should stay and wallow in your pity because life just threw you a lemon. And I feel like the world of social media has made this incredibly acceptable. The world tells us, That when you are wronged, pick up your phone and put your complaint out there for all to see. And without fail, within a couple of hours, you're going to have hundreds of comments on there affirming you in the way that you feel and your frustration and your anger. Or perhaps my personal favourite is when you know there's been some kind of relational breakdown somewhere and suddenly all these posts start coming up and, you know, they're posts of, I don't know, quotes and pictures and not so subtle memes of I'm stronger on my own which really have this underlying tone of look what you're missing and my complaint is out there for all to see and it's really hard often to actually walk through your day without somebody or maybe it's you complaining about something or someone and so I wonder when challenges hit our world what do we do when someone hurts us Who do we go to? 
And maybe you're not the social media poster or maybe you're not the coffee catch-up person. Maybe you're the person who bottles it all up inside and you think that nobody notices, but that's not the truth. Everybody does because you're not the same. But whatever you do, I want you to ask the question, where does it get you? Does it actually resolve whatever it is that's churning in your soul? Does it actually make things better? Does it help you to heal? Or does it just ignite the problem? Does it just make it linger? I kind of had this thought, what sound lingers in our lives when we do this? The book of Psalms does not sugarcoat reality. Okay? The book of Psalms tells us that we live in a broken world. It is a scripture that does not deny it. And in fact, it tells us that we can express it. You don't have to bottle it up, but it tells us where we actually take it. To God, we complain up. I want you to flick with me to Psalm 13. And this is a psalm from David. And I want to read to you verses 1 to 2. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? I kind of read that and when I was reading it with Gracie, I'm like, whoa, David, that's a little dramatic. But if I'm honest, I've said that. How long, God? How long is this injustice going to happen? How long, God, until you heal me of this? How long, God, do I have to battle with these negative thoughts? I've prayed for healing. I've prayed for breakthrough. How long, God? How long until I see the blessing of God on my life? The words in Psalms might be from a different time period, but they're absolutely our words. They're our expressions. But what God wants for you, what God wants for you this year is to be healthy. And he wants you to be healthy in the way that you process your pain. He wants to bring healing and hope to our lives, which is why he tells us in the Psalms to complain up. It's actually the beginning of deliberately choosing to sync your lives to a kingdom soundtrack. I wonder if you remember back to my story at the beginning when I just wanted to seek validation for my injustice. Do you know what? That problem didn't go away. That problem didn't get miraculously fixed. That injustice still stayed. But do you know what? I changed. And sometimes... Sometimes that urge inside me, something will happen and it'll trigger and I just want to complain about it. But it makes me realise now how ugly that sound is. And I've learnt to go to God with it because he brings out something more beautiful from it. Complaining up creates a space for something to shift. That is what the Psalms teaches us because it shows us that when we go to God first, When we are in his presence, something happens. We look up. That's my second point today. Look up. When you read the Psalms over and over again, we do see these complaints. This is what I realize. These are the downs. We see them. But there is always a but God. Even when, yet I, it happens here in Psalms 13 if you keep reading. Verses 3 says, look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. 
But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. David is telling his soul here to look up. I will look up. God, give light to my eyes. Let me see something that I don't see right now. Let me see your reality, God. Do you know, throughout the Psalms, we find lament. But the key is, if you actually read all of the Psalms, read them, go through them, you will see that they never, ever, ever stay in lament. Okay, so there's this point where after our complaint... We have to intentionally choose to soundtrack, to sink in to God and to look and see what he sees. And despite what we feel, to see a different reality. Now, when I was reading and thinking about this, it reminded me of this story in David's life. Because we know from the Psalms that he was a man who spent time in God's presence, who complained up and then he looked up. And I kind of feel like if you give me a little bit of license, that we see this actually play out in one of his stories. So in 1 Samuel 30, okay, there's this point. So David, if you don't know much about the history of King David, before he was king, he's on the run from Saul, who was the current king of Israel. And he's got this band of men with him that were all the ruffians and the rejects of society. But at this point in time in David's life, he's actually living in Philistine territory, which is the enemies of Israel. And he's actually been out with the Philistine army and he comes back to his village with the men. And what they find is that the village has been raided and the Amalekites, this other neighboring tribes, have come and taken all their women and children. And in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, it will be up on the screen. It says that David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. And each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in his Lord. That's just one little line. But do you know that one little line changed everything? David goes from being completely distressed because these men are about to kill him to coming back from that moment with God, confident. He asks God what to do through the priest. They say you should go and pursue them. You will win. He does. Saves the women and children. Hurrah. Like great end to the story. What happened in that moment where David strengthened himself in the Lord? I can imagine what happened because I read it in the Psalms. I imagine he went to God and he's like, come on, God, this is really not fair. Why would you take the women and the children? Why couldn't you protect them? And then he stops. He goes, but God, you've kept me safe this long. You've kept my men safe this long. You've blessed us. God, What are you doing in this situation? And maybe God just goes, hey, David, I've done it before. I'll do it again. Why don't you just ask me? Why don't you stop imagining worst case scenarios? And why don't you ask me? Do you know right now the most important thing you could do is hide away the words of the Psalms in your heart? Because no matter what you think this year is going to hold, it's going to have great triumphs, but it will have challenges. It's going to have things that come up. And you need to be able to go, Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Psalm 145, the Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. He is near to me because I will call on him. Or maybe it's
It's Psalm 71. Lord, my mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, your saving acts all day long, even though I don't even know how to tell them all. There's too many. We can have these Psalms hidden away in our heart because there's so much goodness in God and there's too much goodness to stay in a place of complaint and lament. So maybe your complaint today has rolled over from 2020. Maybe that's where you find yourself starting the year. I believe God's word to you right now is look up, go to his word, read the Psalms, let those lyrics speak to your soul and look up because in that place, in that place, our sound becomes his sound. Right? That's where this transition happens. And my final point is praise up. It's the overflow. It's the overflow of people who are with God. You know, in Luke 6, 45, it says, Out of the abundance of my heart, the mouth speaks. Our sound out here absolutely comes from in here. And if it doesn't come from in here, it's going to be bombarded with the sounds that are coming in from every which way. We are starting 2021 and many people thought, we're going to go into 2021 with no COVID. And look what happens. Already, already I can hear the sounds of fear and uncertainty wanting to creep into 2021. We are a people who are different. We are a people of praise. We are a people who live in the presence of our God. And in that place, we go, no, there is hope for this year. We've got expectation for this year. Out of the abundance of my heart, which is filled with the greatness of God, I know that He can do all things. That's why these three keys in the Psalm are super simple, but they're super profound because it doesn't matter where you find yourself today. You can change in a moment, in a moment before God in the Psalms. So I want to speak to you. Would you just stop? And would you be honest before God right now? Would you just not be quick to move on to the next thing that you have on your calendar today? Let's think about your sound. What's your sound right now? What is the sound around your life? Is it one of complaint? Is it one of lament that you just feel is lingering in your soul? Because I want to encourage you that God sees your pain. He is not ignoring it. He is not telling you that it doesn't matter. It does. It matters to Him so much. It matters so much that He's saying, would you come to me? Would you complain up? Because I can handle it. And I want to take it. It says, cast your cares and burdens upon the Lord. Right now, have a moment with God and go, you know what, God? I'm going to stop complaining around me. I'm going to stop posting it on social media. I'm going to stop telling every person I see. And I'm going to go to you, God. I'm going to complain up to you. I'm going to wait on you. Because what I want more than anything is your comfort your validation. I want to hear that you love me. If that is the cry of your heart, I guarantee you, your year will change this year. Your sound will not stay in lament. And maybe that's you. Maybe you just feel stuck. Maybe you feel like you are genuinely crying out to God. Maybe that 
psalm from David, how long, Lord, how long? Maybe that is you. I want to encourage you, find His promises. Find His promises for you. He is near to those who call on you and let those parts in Psalms, go and find them. Read the laments, but focus on the buts, the yets, the even when, and the say them over and over again until they become the sound of your life, until you feel hope arise in your soul again to go, you know what? The enemy might tell me that I am stuck in this place forever, but that is not true because my God is greater than anything that can come against me, okay? I want to encourage you today. You've got to look up. Look up and see God. And don't look for an answer. Look for Him. Maybe He's working in a completely different way to what you're looking for. If you find Him, you will find what He is doing and you'll have peace in Him. And I want to speak to some of you because maybe you're awesome. Hey, maybe you're coming into 2021 and you're in a place where you're filled with Him and you're excited about this year. And I want to say, great, come on, let's raise a shout of praise. Why don't you lead the way? But in that, bring someone with you. Do you know the sound of the church is the sound of the people of God, not the person of God. If you are somebody that is filled to your heart with overflowing in God, then find some people around you and pray for them. You be the hope in their world that they need. You speak life into them. Why don't you grab them, pull them in, walk life with them. Be hope and be praise because there is something beautiful about a symphony orchestra that all play their individual parts. But when it comes together to the same melody, it's inspirational. Come on. We may not have been able to sing at church last year, but I tell you, the sound of the church must be dominant beyond these four walls. There is too much of a sound of the world. And we are called to be a people of God. We are called to be a people of praise. Come on, church. We complain up, we look up, and then we praise up. That is what 2021 is. That is what happens when we sink our lives to the Psalms. That is God soundtracking our world. This year might have lots of surprises in store, but I guarantee you, your prayer in the quiet is going to determine your sound to the world. And I want to speak to you. You might be here in our congregation. You might be connecting in at home. The best thing that you could start your year with, if you don't know this God that I am talking about, if you don't have the reality of Jesus in your life, or maybe you once did, and maybe you kind of feel like He's just not that all-consuming presence that He should be. Maybe you feel like you've been doing life without Him for a while. Can I encourage you that now is the moment to commit your life to Jesus, to invite Him to be the Lord of your life. You know, we all have sin in our world. We all make mistakes no matter how hard we try. And sin is the very thing that separates us from a relationship with God. It says in the Bible that the wages of sin is death, but that the good news is that God in His infinite love for you sent His Son Jesus, that He would die on a cross that He would pay for your sins so that you can have everlasting life with Him both in eternity and 
But right here, right now, He can speak into your heart and create a different sound in your world. So if that's you right now, I just want to pray for you. God, I know that you are speaking to lives right now. I know that you are calling people back to you and you are calling people into your presence, Lord. We declare, Lord, that there are people right now who are committing their lives to you, Jesus, who are saying, Lord, I have sinned, but I want to accept the incredible gift of Jesus. I want to invite Him to be the Lord and Saviour of my life. God, I believe in You and I trust in You. Would You come and would You set the sound of my year? You know, if that's you, if you've either made that decision for your first time, if you want to explore that decision, you might have no idea what it involves. Let me tell you, it is the best journey of your life, but it's a journey. It's a relationship. And you might have recommitted. Can you, if you're online, would you just click that button that's popped up? And would you go and click on the live prayer button? And if you're here in this congregation, would you come and speak to one of us pastors straight after this service? Because we want to pray with you and we want to encourage you in the greatest decision that you've ever made. But for those of us that are here today that know Jesus, for those of us that are committing this year, you know what? I'm going to live a sound that complains up and looks up and praises up. I want you to stand up. If you're here in the congregation, I want you to stand up with me. If you're at home, I want you to stop and I want you to kneel or stand before God. I know it's weird. I've done it. But this is about making a declaration before our God. This is about starting our year on a new sound. And I want to pray a psalm over us. And I believe that this is a psalm that we're going to come back to this year when we're in triumph and when challenges come across our place, we're going to come back and we're going to remember this moment on the 3rd of January when we prayed and we believed and we trusted God and we declared what the sound of our life would be. So let's pray. God, You are our refuge and strength. You are our ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, no matter what 2021 holds, We will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, though borders shut, though COVID might surge, though stuff might happen in our world, though financial pressures might come, though stuff might happen in family life, Lord God, We believe that there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. There is a holy place where you, the Most High, dwells. And you, God, are within her and she will not fall. And you, God, will help her at the break of day. You will help us, God. And even though nations around us are in uproar, even though kingdoms fall, even though we see mighty countries fall, God, Do you know what, God? You lift your voice and the entire earth melts because the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We will declare, come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations He has brought on the earth against anyone who rises up against you, Lord God, because you are the one. You make wars cease to the ends of the earth. You break the bow and the shatters and you shatter the spear and you burn the shields with fire in anything that would rise up against your people, Lord God. And you say, be still, be still and know 
that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Church, the Lord Almighty is with us. God, you are with us. The God of Jacob and Abraham and all that have come before us, you are our mighty fortress. God, we declare that 2021, we are a people who will live by your soundtrack and we are a people of praise and we will not shy away, but we will rise up and we will bring your sound to a world that so desperately needs it. God, we trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.